everyone thinks they have to solve everything. Everyone thinks they have to be something. You're free. You're released from that. You don't have to make things endlessly about you, your name, your greatness. You don't have to make a lot of money in life. You don't have to be fake. This is what's real. Set your minds, think and look like a servant like Jesus did. We always tend to look for significance in who we are, what we can do, what we can accomplish. Meanwhile, God is calling us to find our significance in Christ. Welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Chris Gordon takes us back to Philippians 2, first 11 verses, imitating the incarnation. We're looking at our call by God to be found in Christ, imitating Him rather than our own thing. Here's Chris with more. He made himself of no reputation among us and came in the likeness of human beings. Here we come to everything we, and this is the heart of the Christian gospel, you know, truths that describe the ultimate sacrificial love for you. You know, how do you explain that the eternal Son of God through whom everything was made, you know, when creation happened and God said, let there be, that was Jesus speaking. How do you explain who is the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person made himself nothing because he loved you? Who wants to yawn through that? Who got out of bed sloppily this morning to come hear that? Peter fought him the whole way. Do you have a better picture in John 13 of what it looked like when they're at the table and they all walk in the room and there's a water basin in the back and they're all arguing about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus stands up and he walks down the long row of the table. Everyone had positioned themselves in the best seats. And he girds himself and he ties himself and in front of them transforms visually into a slave. That's what he did. And he grabbed the towel and the water basin and he stooped down on his knees. Get up. Get up. Jesus, don't, you're too dignified to do this. If I don't do this, You're not entering glory. You have no possession in the kingdom. He transformed himself right there on earth to help us understand it. He became a slave. He became a servant. What a moment. The very gospel we treasure is the washing away of our sins by Jesus becoming this. And after you, you know, reading this in Philippians 2, you think the point might be driven home already. He, he then says this, and being found, verse 8, in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Scarcely will a righteous man, you know, die for somebody. And have you ever laid down your life for anyone? You wouldn't be here if you had. Isaiah 52 says something amazing. You know that when he was found in appearance as a man, and he decided to say, what kind of body is going to be prepared for me? And that eternal counsel, they must have discussed that, Father and the Son. Jesus selected a body that had no outward glory 
I mean, this is what Isaiah is saying to us. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Imagine what you, you know, think about. How do you even start to ask the question, what would you pick? We all know. He had no appearance in the selection of a body that we said, wow, there's the son of God. He was an unattractive man on all accounts. We're so into good-looking people. Put-together people. We all today want to come here and show everyone, look at me. I'm together. You're not together. You're hiding it. None of you are together. Nothing extraordinary about this one. I might I remind you that we live to show ourselves something, to make ourselves a name. This is our whole culture. This is our life. We're all trying to establish ourselves and make ourselves great. We've been trained. It's all about making something great again. Strive to be rich. Strive to be successful. Our outward glory is what we live for. We're functioning hedonists. And it's all about our happiness. And it's all about how we feel. That's what makes me so bothered about all the worship discussions today. It's incredibly selfish. It's all about you. It's all about our creaturely comforts. Can you be any more comforted to death in this life? Jesus made himself nothing to the degree that he took a form that in human eyes is nothing. And then in verse 7, he centers on the fact that in making himself nothing, he went ahead and humbled himself all the way to dying. Why would you do that? Because your predicament was so bad before a holy God. Had he not willingly laid down his life, you will be burning in hell forever. This is the love of God in the most defined way. Where the love of God for you is most revealed, the love expressed in the ultimate selfless sacrifice that God himself took our form, our flesh, our human nature, subjecting himself to the cruel, tormenting death of the cross. Why did he do that? Because the Father loved you. And the Son gave his Son, because the great manner of love with she loved us, he gave his Son. A Son whom the Father was really happy with. A son whom the Father eternally loved in perfection. The one who knew no sin became sin. He took on all your sin. That you might become in return the righteousness of God in him. It was that type of humiliation from the throne room of heaven to the cradle to the cross and then the burial chamber of death that Paul wants us to stop and just sing about. We simply have no idea what it must have been like in the hour of the garden when he was sweating giant drops of blood, which was just an outer expression for us to understand he was suffering the unending torments of hell. When he says, my soul was exceedingly sorrowful unto death, that was for you. <laughs> now, you want to talk application? You really want to talk application? Some of you have always said, we need more application. Let's talk it. Let's talk application. 
Let's talk about the sacrificial life. See, if we heard that properly, we're a little bit on edge right now. Because that's mind-blowing. If we don't look like Jesus in this age and the church, what kind of witness will we have? He could have prayed at his own interests and didn't. How many times did Jesus' disciples walk up and say something absolutely stupid in light of this great sacrifice? You know, Lord, we want the seats in glory. Gentile rulers do that, but anyone who desires to become great shall become what? A servant. And whoever you of you desires to be first, you got to come way back down to being a slave. So what Paul's saying then now at verse 1 makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Therefore, notice this, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Any consolation, I think probably is a better way just to feel the weight of that word. Any comfort from love, any affection, fellowship by the Spirit. Notice that participation in the Spirit. Any sympathy. That's an amazing verse. You've received all these blessings in your life because Jesus did that for you. Notice the the four statements here. Consolation, fellowship, affection, mercy. What he's saying here is how much Jesus went through for you, what do you constantly receive from him now in life? You receive a lot of help from him that you don't think about constantly. We are constant recipients of, because of that sacrifice, comfort. He ministers comfort to you all the time. Comfort my people. Comfort my people in my love. There's no judgment for them. He's flooded your lives with mercy and grace flooded your lives with it. You are stranded in grace. Does he not continually forgive your sins? Every time you come to him, he says, son, forgiven are your sins. I love you. Does he not continually wrap you in his arms and help you in all of your distresses in life? Has he not made promise after promise after promise after promise that he cannot lie? He's going to make good on. When you are down and you're brokenhearted, he lifts you up. He's always saying, I never leave you nor forsake you. He's always coming and ministering comfort to you. How many of you lost loved ones and feel the pain of that and the difficulty you've lost spouses and children and all the loneliness and pain that that brings and then he comes and gives you a word of encouragement and keeps you lifted up. If there's any participation in the spirit. <laughs> sure, sure there is. You don't even realize that the spirits when you can't pray because your prayer life's probably not very good. He's praying for you interceding with groans to help you. Psalm 103, you could just read today. 
Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. What does he do? He forgives all your iniquity. He heals your diseases. How many times have you prayed and he's given you healing mercies? He redeems your life from destruction. Many of you could have wrecked your lives and he's pulled you out of the pits. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies every day. And he feeds you. <laughs> I mean, so... That's a pretty rich life. What else you want God to do for you? Done it all. Well, here's the end call of the passage. Here's the heart of the passage. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. There's one other gift he's given you. He's given you his mind, Jesus' mind. That's your gift. The mind to become what? A slave. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Set your minds together on what really matters. See, we're going to get there in Philippians chapter 3. You guys are divided on things, but you've forgotten what unites you. And in those things you think differently, God will help you. But unite your minds on what the heart of it is that you have together in gospel fellowship. Set your minds on that and the fellowship of the gospel, having the same mind, being of the same accord, of one mind. Too many are stuck in what they think Christianity should be. Too many are stuck in this with no appreciation for what it is. Maybe too many here are just here for the tradition's sake. Because you have to be. It's time to get rid of that mind. You need the mind of Jesus. It's time. When you think about why you're here, some people are caught up what they don't like about the church or how they feel about worship or I don't, you know what? <laughs> how much more narcissistic can we be? Do you look like Jesus? That's the call. Philippi, there was a lot of complaining. There was fighting going on. There were people, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and we're just dividing over this and that. Paul couldn't believe it. That's what I said last week. For those who weren't here, surprised we don't have first mass reformed church and second anti-mass reformed church. It's that kind of stuff. Verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than yourself. How about doing that? Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but the interests of others. Go to the down and outs. Invite them in your homes. Look like Jesus. Don't huddle up with all the people who affirm you. Go to the broken. Go to the weak. Go to the needy. Go to the educated and the non-educated. Esteem them better than you. That's the mind of Jesus. That's what he did in the incarnation. That's the most freeing life. You don't, you don't have to make yourself something. I think that's why we have a lot of depression right now on social media. Everyone thinks they have to solve everything. Everyone thinks they have to be something. You're free. You're released 
from that. You don't have to make things endlessly about you, your name, your greatness. You don't have to make a lot of money in life. You don't have to be fake. You don't have to come here dressed so nice to show that you're the together one. That's not what Christianity is about. You're not. I'm not. (laughs) This is Christianity at its best. This is what's real. Set your minds to think and look like a servant like Jesus did. What's he after? Chapter 1, my prayer is that as a church, your love for one another would abound. Not a hypocritical love, not a fake love, not a showy love, not a love that wants to show yourself just when you have to do a duty. A real love, a sincere love, sacrificial love. Here's the encouragement. It's a pretty short state of humiliation in the big scheme of things. What did God do for Jesus? What did the Father do for the Son? (laughs) This is really wonderful. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and and gave him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This one who went to all of that is your Lord. He is raised. He is seated. He's King and Lord over all. And do you know who that was? Who did that? It's who all the scriptures talked about. By myself I've sworn, Isaiah, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before my every knee will bow... And every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are righteousness and strength. Isaiah uh, 45, 23. In the Lord. He's the Lord. He's Yahweh. He's the name. And I think this is a somewhat subtle reminder to us that if we're going to share in that great victory as we should share, <laughs> if we're going to be bowing the knee today as we should and share in that great encouragement of his exaltation, which he now is reigned in supreme all over all, to which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. If we're going to share in that, then in death could not hold him, then in the time of our humiliation, we're going to have to look a little bit like him. That's part of our calling. That's part of the response of gratitude for him saving us. And this is the beautiful thing that's being said here. Don't lose heart in the struggle. That, that's really, really what we have to be reminded of. Don't lose heart in this great struggle in the present age. Jesus is Lord. He is God. He uh, triumphed over all sin and death in the grave, and he's raised today, and everybody will bow to him. You get the peculiar privilege as his people to be conformed into that image, to look like the sun, and your glory's coming, the raising of your bodies, the end of all this will come. But what a a blessing, a 
I still think of, we'll close with this thought in Acts. Apostles were commanded never to, uh, to teach or preach in the name anymore. And they said, of course, we will, you tell us, we're going to do what's right in God's sight. We're going to go preach the gospel. When they had beaten them with many rods, they went out rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name. The name. And that needs to be how we look at life. That God has loved you. God has given his son for you. God's forgiven you and he's counted you worthy to bear the mind of Christ. That's what you carry. So use it. Enjoy it. It's a freeing life that way. And that'll change the way you look at everything. This is one of the great blessings the Lord's given us in this life. May we praise him today in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for instructing us in a beautiful word today and for helping us to understand this. It's well beyond what our little minds can even put together. But there's enough here that you've given us in these brains to comprehend a bit of the sacrifice that was made, just a little. And if we have received any bit of the blessings from this sacrifice that we enjoy every day, which we know we have, may we, Lord, have the mind of Jesus in the way that we walk and serve and love one another. Help us for we're weak. We're selfish. Starting from right here. We're narcissistic. We're hedonistic. We're not hiding these things today. We're openly admitting these things before you today. It's all about us. We've been pampered to death in this place. And yet we recognize great blessings from you as you have cared for us and provided for us and loved us. So help us more and more to have the mind of Jesus and to be thankful and to love as we're called to love. Bless us as a church in that way. May the Escondido United Reformed Church resemble what it means to have a true fellowship in the gospel. Unite us together more of the same mind, same purpose, same goal. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. And amen. What a marvelous look at Philippians. I don't know about you, but I've always been in love with this amazing epistle that Paul has penned, a very intimate letter to a church he deeply and dearly loved. And what is so amazing is that God has given us this letter, as if to say, I've written it through Paul and his love for the church at Philippi, because at the end of the day, I love you just as much, if not more. Well, we'll have more in Philippians next time we get together with Pastor Chris. Well, we thank you for taking some of your valuable time and spending it with us here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Chris Gordon. We do trust that our time together today has brought about some real encouragement in your walk and relationship with Christ. We'd love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us and let us know how the broadcast encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways of reaching out to us. You can visit us online, agradio.org. That's agradio.org. Or by calling 888-504-8805. If you have questions, write them to us, questions at agradio.org. Or use your voice memo app on your smartphone or your device. Record your question, and again, 
Mail it to us, questions at agradio.org, and we'll do our best to answer them as they come to us. Abounding Grace Radio is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can visit our website for links to the platform that you like to follow. And if you have an interest in redirecting some of your financial resources to Abounding Grace Radio, well, we are listener-supported. You, along with others, have seen the value of this program, how it speaks into your life spiritually. So if you're someone who sees the value of this program for your growth in Christ, well, get in touch with us. As always, no gift is too small or too large. One-time gift, recurring gift, it all sustains this broadcast here on this station. You can go to agradio.org and donate online securely or call 888-504-8805 or send your donation via mail, Abounding Grace, P.O. Box 732, Linden, Washington. The zip code is 98264. Again, thank you for taking some of your valuable time and directing it our way. It's greatly appreciated, and we trust you've been encouraged in Christ. Until next time, God bless. Abounding Grace is brought to you on this radio station by Abounding Grace Radio Ministries. Hi, this is Chris Gordon, pastor of the Escondido United Reformed Church. I'd like to invite you to our Sunday worship services at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. We have two worship services, 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. We preach Christ and Him crucified with the goal that you would live in the joy of this comfort in the knowledge of the forgiveness of all of your sins. 1864 North Broadway is the address here in Escondido. We'd love to see you this Sunday.